Hello everyone, welcome to our uh, second podcast, sorry for the long wait, but we're back. It's here now, the long-awaited episode. Yeah, so uh, the plan for today and what we're going to talk about is that we're going to introduce the theory and the allegory of Plato's Cave, which we highlighted, highlighted upon in our previous episode. In this episode, we will explain more clearly what it is, like the fundamental principles of what it is, and then we will go off into tangents of what its implications are towards our knowledge of the world in general. Right, Ron, do you want to tell us how it came about? All right, so Plato's Cave was an allegory presented by the Greek philosopher Plato. In this allegory, he describes prisoners who have been chained to a cave wall all their lives, facing against a blank wall. They watch shadows projected on the wall from an object passing in front of a fire behind them. What then happens is that they begin to conceptualize these shadows and one of the prisoners managed to escape the cave, right? And they were met with a surprise that the world was not as it seems, mm. right? Because he, he was living in the cave his whole life with his with his other uh, prisoners, with cave the other pri- with his other cave mates, and they've been visualizing a reality of shadows, the shadow realm. Because they're not seeing objects, they're only seeing the shadow uh, projected up by the light that that they're facing, or that they're behind against. Yeah, there's no way of them to see what's on the outside, so reality for them is the shadows. Yeah. They have a small fire as well. Exactly, yeah. That's like projecting. Which proje- Yeah, which proje- projects the shadows, right? And then, yeah, and then objects passing by... Uh, through them, they then begin to like conceptualize these shadows. Yeah. So whatever they see in the wall, you can they can see like a horse or anything. Yeah. Like I don't know, some kids walking by, and they could have their own meaning towards those things, even though we perceive them on the outside with light yeah. as, let's say, like a dog or a cat. Yeah. So yeah. they don't. I don't know what they come up with. What do you think, man? Like they they a cat could be called like Kozon or something. No, yeah, they had all sorts of names, right? And it, it was, and they, yeah, so they developed their own con- con- concepts and language of each of these uh, objects, which is completely different from the outside world, right? Because, and because they've been like chained in this uh, cave all their lives. And so, so what, then what then they see is an abstract representation of the actual object of actual reality like it's the same thing in reality with light but it's just yeah you know they can't they we don't they don't know yeah they can't see in color yeah. right they can't see color that's true they're only seeing shadows that are 
black and white, right? Right. And don't forget, they've probably gone used to this for their whole life. They enjoy being there. Who knows? Right? It's a comfort zone at the end of the day. So anything beyond that is perceived a threat. Similar to when people thought the world was flat. Not now, yeah. Not the conspiracy <laughs> conspiracy theory now, yeah. but like back then. You know? It's scary. They thought that when you kept going against the grain, against what the cartographers drew up, you would fall off the earth. Can you yeah, imagine that? Exactly. Exactly. Something like that, bro. So it's scary. No, exactly. And and in in the allegory, like one of the prisoners manages to escape, right? And yeah, he sees a reality that's completely different from what he's experienced before. In that now there's now there's uh he's not merely seeing shadows, he's seeing the whole object, right? And yeah, he's like met with like surprise and curiosity and that he's then had a sudden realization that the cave is an app is an abstract representation of what reality is yeah right yeah, like an epiphany yeah Something yeah like and he then like went back to the cave to tell the prisoners which was right? actually very interesting because he's now elevated yeah so this guy is very empathetic man he ex- he knows his prison mates he, he knows he's got to yeah. get his mates out there you know form a nice Little, little campfire outside I'm not a campfire like a tent <laughs> yeah, yeah to chill you know this is very good forward thinking surprisingly yeah and um yeah so he tells like his his like um prisoners that yeah that that they've not seen reality as it is that that they've seen a representation of what it actually is and mm-hmm. that they're not perceiving true reality or the reality that's shared among other people mm. they're witnessing their their own like uh tangent of mm. reality yeah it's like an alternate universe yeah. where everything is yeah shadows exactly yeah and then but what happens is that because they're so um they've so been so engrossed and that they've been so um ingrained upon them that this is like their reality because they've lived here their whole lives they then like meet the prisoner and they say that it's yeah that he's being stupid that he's being moronic that no like that he doesn't know what he's talking about so it's like uh if you think about it it's kind of surprising at first that he's experienced this and he goes down and then the fact that his friends, even though it's like a, it's like a game of convincing at the end of the day, right? If you think about it, so you have this one guy who's out, he's seen light and he's seen every single object and how it's in its truest form. Whilst when he was in the cave, he could only see a representation of it, yeah. which was a shadow. And don't, don't mind you, like shadows can be construed, right? So if you have like it come the object coming at a different angle, it could appear, you know. It could appear somewhat construed. So it's it is very a vivid shadow alternate dystopian, whatever you want to call it. Because if you if you think about it, sometimes if a cat walks by, the cat has long long legs. Yeah. Whatever the angle may seem. So this is like a crazy thought to them. So it makes sense. It's not yeah. like okay, 
cat outside, cat down, cat in the cave, cat in the cave, black and white, cat outside color. It's not as easy as that. It's, it's no, like it's uh, there's so much dynamics. Yeah, to because it. they can't completely imagine a new reality, not once, not one that they've never experienced before. Right. And yeah, and, be- and now that they've become delusional, right? They've been in this cave for so long that they've become delusional of what actual reality is and what actual truth is. Mm. So yeah, that's why. It's sort of like delusion met with delusion. Because this guy comes in, says this, and he's like, what the hell? And this guy has this enlightened form. Yeah. So you can argue that because he's sort of understood the outside world and the cave world, he knows too. So that's like one of his strong suits against his his friends' mates who were like, okay, you're delusional. This is, what are you talking about? Because they can't imagine it. Yeah. They cannot imagine the world outside, so they're scared of it basically exactly exactly and because okay so each individual is 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 born with a sort of like mental reality right that they that they learn upon from yeah from what they see and also from what they hear right and what they garner from that from what from what they garner from their senses and this is the same with the prisoners the prisoners have garnered their own like mental reality mm. of how the world is through their concepts and they have a shared reality between the other prisoners as well mm. and the longer and longer it takes for them to get out the longer that they'll that they'll be sort of um tricked right or mm. sort of um actual reality and that yeah, then they've constructed their own reality right. and, and, their, and their own idea of truth. Yeah. You can also say that this is like a basic rudimentary society, right? So you yeah. get, you're get you in this cave, you're sharing this shared reality, right? And you, sh- you trade facts about it. Discourse goes on to create that. But something probably like that happens because these people are humans. So it's also this sharedness, this collectiveness. As us human beings, we need each other, right? So it's hard to trade off loneliness for something. So similar in this case, if you break it all down to rudiment in its basic form, this is what's happening. So it's like a, a, a build-up to society, right? The facts and things like that. And those who oppose you, they're, 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 they're cast as outsiders. Yeah. It's very hard to break the status quo. And that's what's also interesting if you think about it in the sense of ideology how it always falls into extremes. Once it falls into extremes, by the way, in my opinion, it's very hard to break off. You have the you have a load of cases. You yeah. have like, you know, redneck extremists. You have Islamic extremists and whatnot. So that's what sim- something similar is happening at ba- a very, very basic form in the cave. So what concept I'd like to bring is, is the, the thought of ideology. And, and this is a basic happening or like a prenup, not prenup, like a, <laughs> prequel to it yeah. <laughs> like a prequel to uh to, to, to ideology all right yeah yeah so it's very interesting in the fact in the sense that once you're in ideology it's very hard to break and you can't get in yeah if you don't go with the grain like a status quo you're cast as an outsider yeah no this is what's happening to the to my friend here bro saw the light 
try to convince them. It's a way of thinking, right? It's yeah. packaged way yeah, of thinking exactly. that's like shared. So and because yeah, because of the, they've been in this their own like the prisoners' own shared reality, they become e- more and more radicalized each day. Yeah. Right. Based on this ideology, based on this uh, their knowledge that they have from the world, right? It sort of um, it sort of links to the uh, idea of an echo chamber as well, right? Mm. Because um, in an echo chamber, as we explained like previously in the previous episode, is that uh, is that the is that people that have that share the same uh values and are in this like bubble they become more and more radicalized because the information that they project Mm -hmm. is fed straight back at them right it's sort of a strengthening of their ideology because then they're just interacting with information that perpetuates that ideology and also uh, Connecting with people that have yeah. the same ideology, right. and and you need some sort of like, yeah. like an anomaly to the status quo to come in, and that's what proliferates, right? Like yin and yang. I think we yeah. discussed that in the last episode, right? So there's like the white with the spectrum dot, and that's the agent of change there. And this guy, coming down. What's interesting about this guy is, he has this like template of the eco chamber mindset of these prisoners. Because he spent time there. Yeah. And now he's outside. And now he's experienced this and has something to compare. He's gathering new experiences and yeah. building his own network about this new reality, right? And trying to break the echo chamber of them down, you know, in the cave. Yeah. And the interesting part is that, yeah, th- these people, um, these people in this cave, these prisoners, they do not want to be enlightened they do not yeah. want to hear what the prisoner who managed to escape has what to say because they think he's delusional right but in uh, but vice versa as well the escaped prisoner also thinks that the the ones in the cave are delusional right mm. and this creates yeah and that's why it's it's very hard to uh, to escape from an echo chamber or to escape from an ideology because if these prisoners were were not meant were not met with like a stimulus to change, mm. they will not change. That's right. Yeah. If there's no like problem or that they're given and that there's no stimulus for for them to change their ideology, then they then they become stuck they perpetuate and indoctrinate people on that ideology right and then they become further and further radicalized which then in turn makes it harder for them to escape that bubble and escape that echo chamber and also you can think of it in the same th- in the same light that um it's very it's at the end of the day it's very hard to convince them but you need a drastic change like for instance, if this guy came down and he moved one of the rocks to let sun in, yeah, then you have no choice but to change. Exactly, so it needs to be as extreme. Yeah, that's why because 
an extreme like evidence or yeah. or extreme source of information that contradicts their yeah. idea to the point where they have no, yeah nothing to rebuke it nothing that nothing that they can say yeah right then then they, then they can realize right that's true but the problem then is also they don't even want to uh to be enlightened mm. right to actually accept uh a difference in opinion mm. right yeah i mean at the end of the day like this is your place of comfort you know the set the set knowledge you have of the the interior of the cave and all the shadows that's your comfort zone and if you're met with something 100% in reverse of that then you have no reason to believe that this is true yeah you've been so dragged in and uh, into the ideology that it, it's it's tough it it takes it takes a lot more than than uh, i think it you know it takes a lot a lot more than just acceptance but sometimes people can fall into you have to fool yourself yeah right a lot of people nowadays they're fooled of 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 movements and societal values to the extreme you know yeah and a, a good example would be f- uh flat earth theory that you hearkened to before and what's interesting about that is that now we're seeing a growth we're seeing a growth in the support of flat earth theory because yeah because of the conspiracy theories that are spreading this information and what sort of happens is that these people who go online they go to like youtube or they go to like other news sources things like that but it's especially with youtube for example if they would be watching flat earth theory youtube would promote the similar information regarding that similar videos uh regarding flat earth theory right and then as as they watch more and more and they like more and more more and more is fed back exactly like this echo chamber you project this information and that information gets gets back to you and then it strengthens and it's the same with the the cave because they've been like shut in this cave with no with very min- minimal uh stimulus coming from the outside world they have a very different representation of reality and it's the same with the flat earth theory they've become so delusional to the point where they're actually disregard the evidence that's being brought upon them right because yeah because they think it's it's stupid they think that evidence is stupid because they've they've projected their own version of reality yeah and and this 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 also interesting thing is also the spread of communication the spread of communication of the actual ideology it's proliferated now to the extent where it's very much super easy to get indoctrinated believe it or not online yeah like for instance you read something and then it's it's very it's very very easy for you to fall in this rabbit hole of, of ideology nowadays because of the spread of communication the censoring of communication the restriction the filtering you know it's now ha- in the hands of, of actually it's such a basic word but power and yeah. power has led to the combination of science as well like with military like you know we both read sapiens right yeah 
and he mentioned something about the scientific industrial military complex yeah something like that where whereby power is now a prerequisite to science so in order to achieve true science or victor's justice science you need this power and whoever has power gets to determine yeah what pushes it forward and that's precisely why um in this case because of go back to the cave right the escaped prisoner doesn't have enough power compared without ins- without insurmountable evidence just by word he doesn't have enough evidence therefore he also doesn't have enough power right. right and because also the other prisoners who haven't escaped outnumber him they also have the majority right that's true and i think it's also important that this happens in all cases you know you just take a basic example it's much you feel much more comfortable walking through something scary with someone right it's much better to come somewhere yeah to know, have a, to have a comfort zone to, to have yeah to have your comfort zone and also how interconnected we are how interconnected we are how much we share with each other the values of society that we uphold every day which are existing and then you have this guy coming in you know it outnumbers like uh, by representation and also outnumbers by 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 shared values and thoughts so it's it's very hard to break this down without without true power because the true power revolves around the two prisoners exactly and another very uh interesting example of this of this um the influence that power has upon the growth of science and the growth of knowledge in the pursuit of truth is very evident during the period in which galileo uh promoted the uh the theory of the heliocentric theory that the planets revolve around the sun against the idea that the church was uh, proposing which was the geocentric theory that the earth was the center of the solar system and that the planets and the sun revolved around it right and so yeah and the church had its own set of ideology right and because during that time this the religion very much uh played a massive role in the power of the state they they had like uh back then if you were coronated during during the the rule of the the roman catholic empire yeah you would have to walk from rome uh from say you were in constantinople or something some other city i'm not sure you have to do the coronation you have to walk straight to rome yeah to meet the pope so so it was very much not secular it was religious yeah and 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 religion also tormented in this case yeah and religion had the power right and they had the power and it it was it usurped the power of galileo he had evidence but if you don't have the power you don't have the power to change mm. right yeah you don't have the power to influence beliefs yeah. and and yeah and what happened then is that is that the church punished galileo and they put him under house arrest and they didn't allow him to publish any work um, regarding the heliocentric theory 
and they've precisely censored themselves of information, right? Yeah. Censored themselves of information that, yeah, that that wasn't that was true. So they had the ability to distort the truth. Yeah, they're or to conceal yeah. to censor the truth, which is so. Then whatever they say becomes actually the supreme truth, which was one of the things that they, they were pushing, right? The natural word of God is supreme yeah. to anything exactly so anything that goes against it is untrue right it's not the words of god exactly exactly because like if you think about it they're censoring the truth the first generation might know what they're doing the second and third generation if they successfully silence it yeah, they've, brainwashed. they've indoctrinated. They've indoctrinated it. And that's what you see in ideologies now, right, right. as well. Shit. Yeah, so an interesting <laughs> case in a lot of political regimes is if you want to change it, you have to, you know, kill off the dead wood. Yeah. Let's say that the ideology is something like, uh, you know, harsh and, and those who, you know, are the first generation creator of this, maybe the second house, depending on the strength of it, the potency of it, you have to you have to they have to make way for the newer you know the newer generation that that has more radical ideas against it yeah an interesting example of this and the power to distort truth that we saw in uh in world war Two, the rise of the third reich nazi germany and hitler at the helm yeah uh, and he was able to distort reality and the knowledge that german citizens had regarding yeah certain ideologies certain values in their ideologies so like part of it was the fact that he wanted the the aryan race to be supreme. yeah he hailed them as you know more stronger more smarter yeah more perfect you know than anything and yeah and the reason how he was able to distort the truth was through propaganda right and and how he and how he spread that propaganda was through technology that he had at the time right he had these massive rallies and he and he completely changed the schooling system to yeah to spread his ideology and he began to indoctrinate the citizens of germany they had a youth wing as well. Yeah. So he was thinking, you know, he was he was quite actually, and uh, you know, he thought as far as to say that, right, I can't just indoctrinate my generation, but let's go for the next. Yeah. And the next. So that's a scary thought. Exactly, and yeah, and it's similar, right, in the cave, like, the longer like that they're like in this reality the more and more that they're radicalized right less information that's being that's being spread upon them the less they're able to infer think for, outside the case yeah they're le less able to infer like what's actually happening in reality right they have a model of the world that that is a lot less in a lot less accurate than a, than the reality that people outside the cave would have. Yeah. 
And it's the same in this case as well. Radicalized to the point where they can't... No, it's hard to break free. And what's interesting is, in, in a lot of cases, is power is generally... can be brought by one person. Like a lot of the world leaders, a lot of these people who have, you know, crazy ideals that they've thought up, the Soviet Union, the Holodomor massacre in the past for Ukraine. Yeah. You know, a lot of these schemes that they thought up, the, the Marxist values that Lenin brought initially of equal, like half, half state run companies, organized the farmers. They even broke down the lower class into middle class farmers. You know, the, the bourgeoisie of the, of the working class, you know, commoners were split up. So they, they made this social strata even more complex. To the point where the bottom was the was before dirt poor, and now it's even ridiculous, and at the, at the expense of the helm of his thinking, and his ability to convince, and his ability to spread this this ideology, and uh, he couldn't do it without convincing the farmers and bringing that mass. He thought that okay, maybe if I push this idea, push this agenda to them, I would get a mass for the whole of my country to believe in it. No, it start. It's a numbers game and a number of games to to lead ideologies, but but it starts with one guy. Yeah, it it starts with one guy, and yeah, and he's able to strengthen that influence. Yeah, through through means of yeah, through communication, right? And communication is mostly now and also back then. There was a massive growth in the spread of information through radios. TVs, his rallies with the loudspeakers. And now we see that growth of technology even more. And now it's even easier for people to be radicalized, right? It doesn't take as something as powerful in censoring information as Nazi Germany to be as radicalized as you are now, yeah. right? Because the technology is so much more powerful, the means and the, the means in which information is spread is so much more quicker and also so much more powerful in terms of of how quickly you're able to be radicalized because of these algorithms these recommendation algorithms that take your data and feed similar similar data back to you right and therefore yeah therefore you become more and more radicalized in a given theory that that you're witnessing it's hard it's hard to break out because if you think about it, your recommendations you can nail it down to to you know you can even categorize them like okay i watch for instance you know like channels like vox or something you know it, it like documentaries okay i yeah. watch it, this and then you can list them and beyond that it's not in your radar at all like let's say okay mukbang videos of a girl eating crabs <laughs> you know right yeah it's yeah you have a lot of those videos yeah, yeah <laughs> it's hard and and it's hard because you you know everyone every everything is compacted into into a certain few categories and it's at the expense of these guys who control it to meet their meet their ends what are their ends it's mostly political it's a it's a shift of power now shifting hands and grabbing it, controlling the masses, censoring some information. You know, we can almost give Yin Yang uh, an, an an example in the cave. 
So it's two different fighting forces of ideologies. And it always happens in the world. Yeah. So the status quo will shift and change over time and turn into something else. And it always happens because of a resisting force to it. Yeah, exactly. They're always in, in balance with one another, right? The order and disorder, right? And rea- reality and like truth and yeah. and hoax or... And they're always, yeah, they're always met and they're always clashing one another, right? And it, it depends on how much you, you shift your mentality right and your viewpoint and how you view um, reality and I guess now I could uh, liken and another implication to from the cave which is related to ideology and that's yeah and that's the idea of knowledge right as the idea of knowledge of what you have in reality, right? Of these concepts, such as truth, and values such as morality, morality, justice, things like that, right? And and humans in general, they do not view reality as it is, even in the state we are now, because in truth we are also prisoners in yeah. this cave it's also interesting to note that actually if we backtrack hunters gatherers got it right yeah we're not we're growing up in somewhere where, where it's much more rigid the frame of our mind the open-mindedness streamlined into a few things so anything that goes against this few stream of things is considered outright crazy you'd get cancelled and things like that Exactly, and because there's such a growing unrest against disagreement, right, then this leads to, yeah, the lack of growth in in the pursuit of knowledge, in the pursuit of truth, right, and because they're withholding and they're censoring information, right, it becomes harder and harder to actually fully, or at least progressively, model an accurate picture of reality and an accurate picture of of these concepts that they're uh, spreading towards and spreading towards yeah people within this um, within this reality what's interesting is that it's even more it's even much more abstract than that like not only right not only do we not have the full knowledge of reality where yeah we our whole reality is a construction Mm. right yeah it's not because because we don't we we don't have a full accurate one-to-one representation of the concepts and the objects outside us the sensory world outside us with the sensory world inside us right because we are not we're not feeding that the world's not feeding that information in and we're not just getting it we actively have to construct it 
and we actively construct it in terms of predicting, right? Mm. We predict a a, re a reality in terms of, of like, yeah, how we're making decisions in this reality, right? And if we go back to like the hunter-gatherers, when they're like exploring the world and things like that, the brain is also adapting with them and true evolution, right? And there is a reason as to why uh, if you're in a forest, for example, or you're in the jungle, you're more likely to see a snake. Your, your, your brain is more likely to be tricked into seeing a snake when it isn't, mm. right? Because, yeah, because your brain has adapted to the environment, right? It has adapted to the environment in a way that that makes those predictions faster, right? Because it's more it's more dangerous to not to not to not be uh, to not be making accurate predictions, right? Mm, yeah. It's it's much more beneficial to be less accurate, but you make you have more uh, observations of that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why then then your brain makes quicker predictions but less accurate predictions mm -hmm. because you're in this environment. Mm -hmm. And and that's why we then begin to like hallucinate or sort of um, infer before we get all the information that there's a snake and most likely it's perhaps like a twig, for example. Mm -hmm. Right, because it's our brain is actively constructing that world, mm. right? It's not inferring it. It's it's not inferring it, and just and just uh, it is inferring it and reproducing it and reproducing it and constructing it in terms of its pre predictions. Because we have our own mental world inside us. That's that's not yeah. That's not fully connected with the outside world. It's just what we think it is in our minds, yes, yeah. emotions. And actually, if you think about hunter and gatherers, I think the, the the level of bond that they shared in terms of expressing emotions was much more minimal. So, and why I bring that up is it's an important point now that we have things that can quickly dis uh, destruct our, disturb our emotions, can entice us, can you know it's it's very. It's very hard right now to stay in focus compared to what they had back then because of their limitations in, in expressing emotions or feelings. Perhaps to a degree they had less compared to now. Now with that, the influx of information, how it quickly captures our attention, how we're quickly out of focus, it's ridiculous. It's even harder for us to focus. Yeah. And it's almost the world expecting us to multitask in our mind of these different, in, you know, inputs and things like that, which the hunter gatherers didn't have. No, and this is this an interesting ob observation is that this information overload then causes the problem that it's harder to pick out the signal from the noise. There's a lot more noise, right, in terms yeah. of this information overload. Yeah. Because information is spread much more d distributed and much more quicker than ever before, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's 
yeah then there's likely to be to have more noise right and then it's harder for our minds and our brains to figure out okay what's actually the signal yeah this noise what's actually like true from all of this noise right no and it's harder to find truth nowadays much more than it is before because of yeah it's information overload that's being propagated through technology and because of the current uh exponential growth that's happening in technology right and it it just creates yeah it just creates more noise and makes it harder to pick out yeah a more accurate representation mm. of reality and because of this this creates like an illusory reality right we're tricked um by our brain through this information this relates to like the idea from buddhism that the self is an illusion mm. right and it's an illusion it's an illusion because it's also like a construction right? it's a construction of our brain because it's yeah it makes it easier for us to predict and to predict the actions and change that's happening in the world and for us to build a mental picture of reality mm. right this idea that there's like a sort of like a a homunculus like a small human right that's basically like housed in your brain and you mm. can really feel it like if you close your eyes you can feel like that there's like the idea of yourself is between your eyelids you can feel it you can feel it you can w- once you close you can sort of also you you know the feel the the pressure of your eyelids against yeah. it you're like okay this is me yeah like anything beyond it like you feel that like yeah that the presence of you right that the presence this idea of self is within like is be- behind your eyes right but it's actually not true because it's a construction of your brain right because the self could be anywhere it's 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 simply a figment to make of your imagination to make it easier for you to to view yourself as like a conscious being right yeah and yeah because fundamentally like we have a model of reality but we can never yeah fully perceive its fully perceive 100% truth 100% of reality it's simply not possible and and that's what's interesting also in buddhist teaching and other spiritual teaching the first thing is actually i think it's a it's a it's a method to cancel out noise first of all you need to adhere yourself to discipline and yeah. you need to have yourself understand maybe you take a lot of pleasures you need to have yourself understand what's on the other side of the spectrum to act, to put value on what you're experiencing and this is why religious people well i mean sorry religious doctrines and things you know are they say this is the way of life at the front at the forefront of how to live life and how to be enlightened and and that's one of the ways that i think is is 
for you to have a crystal clear or at least an accurate depiction of what it is reality a closer one yeah with less noise with less distractions disciplining yourself exactly and this directly ties to the practice of meditation right and during like the practice of meditation you you start to sort of disentangle like yourself like your conscious self and your like experiencing self right and you no you sort of yeah you sort of actually entangle themselves more together rather than disentangle usually it's the other case and then we become much more aware of what we're experiencing and say that we're perhaps stressing out over an exam or over an assignment and you s and once you're meditating you s sort of like focus on it and then you sort of start to like experience okay what is it actually like to be stressed out right what is it actually like to be worried like what sort of like bodily sensations and feelings do you have and the key idea with meditation is to to not fight it to not fight it but to simply be aware of it right and once you become more aware you become more focused with your awareness and less distracted by it or less less you are sort of you know dependent on it yeah you're the less dependent you are on it and the less you're, you're the less you're um you're affected by it as well right mm -hmm then you become yeah calmer and also more um what you know like like actually what you see is much more let's say not muddy waters it's almost yeah almost yeah. crystal clear you're capturing more signal from the noise yeah. because in every waking moment you're bombarded you're bombarded by like all these different thoughts going inside your head right it's sort of like your brain sort of has has a dialogue with itself right it sort of argues with itself it says like okay like what about if i do this and then another part of your brain says no like another yeah. part of yourself says no you shouldn't do that so it's always like bombarded by all these noise all these thoughts and therefore it becomes harder as an individual to actually pick out the signal from all that noise all that information all that thoughts that are like bombarding in you to actually like okay like what is the effective like action and plan of action that I should do right now? What mm. decision should I make? Yeah. And, and a lot of the times, um, it's very hard to do that nowadays. We're so consumed that we make wrong decisions all the time. We choose to indulge pleasures to the max without knowing a correct degree of it because you know, it's very much that the noise is becoming such a thicket fog in our heads uh, and you need you know much more than ever actually a connection for instance a spirituality or a way of life that allows you to be more you know crystal in your decision making yeah yeah a way of life that yeah that 
that doesn't fight that doesn't fight like that information that's coming to you you know sort of being aware of it yeah. you don't have to accept it right yeah. but you simply be aware of it see yeah. what it has to say yeah right? that, that way you can still continue yeah and, and you know just be aware of it you know have your own agency yeah to not fall for it yeah to not yeah to not to to it's actually a degree sort of thing yeah you know to once you've understood it okay this is the perfect amount for me then go for it or this is the right way to do it and go for it and it yeah and it's a balance like all things in life and in reality there's a balance between two opposing forces if it's a stark contrast it's two opposing forces that you must balance right and yeah and the balance in here is um is between acceptance and non-acceptance like okay like what like what what do i like what do i fight off against you know and what do i not right it needs to be a balance but you need to be aware of it and you need to understand it. Yeah. And the best way to understand it is actually if you take an observer view of it. An observer view of it is an embodiment of the word of aware. You just need to be aware of it. You know, it has pros, it has cons, anything has two sides. Yeah. You just need to simply be aware of it and make a correct yeah, judgment about it. And make it. a correct judgment after that. Yeah. Right. And then it becomes easier to pick out the signal from the noise yes right and this also links back to ideology as well right in that you like once you have like your uh, f frame of uh, frame of thinking your viewpoint on certain uh, values like your ideology then you must also uh, you must also be aware of uh information that's that's coming towards mm. you right that you may not necessarily agree with right but you yeah you also like with the self and all these like thoughts coming to you you must also like listen mm. right you must also listen to what it has to say because then then it becomes easier to like pick out the signal from noise it becomes easier to to make a correct judgment of what's actually true because then if you don't you're simply censoring information mm. right that may be beneficial which you've disregarded against yeah. and and this ties in finally to the point of of power how actually the signal comes from those who are in power the signal the correct signal whether it's true or not and without the path of spirituality and strengthening yourself and being more aware of of things around you so you can cr make a correct value judgment and it's becoming harder if the power is is, is is for instance we can take an example of the japanese case when they've completely ripped out of the history books an atrocious event in china when they came and massacred them disembodied them you know did cruel yeah. things and this was actually not recognized it was sort of a blip in history in japanese history 
and this is what power did at that time and 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 obviously they did this to to to, to have some way and a positive impact on the political outlook of the the family i mean the imperial family at that time and things like that obviously they want this as a blip and they had the power and it was done even the truth can be concealed momentarily so be it because at, at this point they're uncovering it and things like that so it's dangerous when power and ideology goes hand in hand you can misconstrue information you know outside information that goes against it can be cancelled out like the example of of the allegory yeah of the cave you know this power is held between these two people they don't believe this new enlightenment and the truth so it's, it's sort of like a, a a metaphor of today you know like exactly. the truth is here but that's not what thousands of people you know it's not a mere two or one person it's thousands of people say online yeah or whatnot you know so that's uh Yeah, I I I agree, completely agree, and like, yeah, and from what we have discussed, uh, we both see that there's two major um, implications of uh, Plato's cave, of the allegory of Plato's cave, which is uh, the idea of truth, of of what's. Uh, the idea of truth and reality and like the model of reality that you have like mm. it's it's a constructive reality and it's mm. it's not entirely true right and the second major implication is that um the there's a very strong uh power in ideology mm. right and this yeah and it becomes um difficult to to change your opinion to to actually effectively pick out the signal from the noise to actually see what's what's true in terms of your ideology and yeah and sometimes you would actually censor the signal because you do not want to to accept a differing opinion, right? Which makes it yeah. harder and harder for a change. Yeah. Because after all, you're, you're, you're living in this society that's hard to, you know, it's a yes or no. If you don't agree with it, then it's hard. You're living in it. You know, what can you do? Yeah. So exactly. It's like, you know, you gotta be brave. Yeah. And in the current picture of reality and the current and the current society we have there is a very strong power in the spread of information and brought upon by technology and those who hold power over that technology right and and yeah and what's important is to and uh, is to yeah is to effectively pick out signal from the noise and to not and to not be radicalized by by the noise that you're experiencing which is which is definitely more difficult than ever before with the current uh, spread of information 
uh, brought upon by technology. Yeah, so uh, that concludes this time's podcast. Yeah. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, John. It's been a pleasure, John. It's been a pleasure uh, discussing uh, these ideas with you. Thank you, man. My pleasure.